I've got 21 reasons why you shouldn't lie on television. I've got Rod Hull's favourite war. Welcome to Date Fighters, a podcast where we take things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. What's that what? Yes, he's Jake Yap, I'm Matt Tapley, and together we're proving that even with a day's practice, this podcast gets no better. <laughs> Joining us today... <laughs> it's sort of a relief, though, because, you know, yeah. sometimes like, you have days where they go out. Before, and you think, like, oh, no, oh, I could have got this good, and now I know, no, now I never could have got this good. It just actually gets worse. <laughs> Joining us is Elizabeth William Roper. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? Hello, my William is lovely. Thank you very much. How is yours? Mm, it is medium. Um, I'm going to take us to the 2nd of November, 1932, and the start of the Great Emu War. After World War... Now, you see, I saved that yesterday. I saved that piece of information until oh, it was yeah. funny. I just, just sort of yeah. used it there. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Oh, After the First World War, great huge numbers of World War I soldiers came back home to Australia going, oh, I don't know what to do now. I'm tired of shooting at Germans. I've got no legs. Gallipoli was terrible. Oh, no. And uh, so the government said, go and have some land in Western Australia and be farmers, and then life will be wonderful for you. And they went, oh, OK, off we go. Go and make some billabongs and julagongs and all that um and in they tried to grow things and found out that western australia was terrible for growing things mainly and in 1929 there was a huge depression and the government said to them just grow wheat and we'll give you subsidies for wheat everyone loves wheat have do some wheat um but wheat prices dropped and then the government didn't want to pay the subsidies so by 1932 all of these people who had new farms in western australia didn't even want to pick up their wheat and deliver it which i assume is how wheat is produced um, also, they discovered that wheat fields are particularly attractive to emus. Emus are a large migratory bird who love finding newly cultivated fields because they eat everything. And 20,000 emus descended on uh, Western Australia in 1932 and started eating everything. So the farmers went to the government and said, right, we're going to leave Australia. Australia's terrible. We're going to make a new country unless you give us, uh, yes, yes, what do you want us to give you? Uh, machine guns. We want machine guns to kill the emus with. So Major GPW Meredith of the 7th Heavy Battery of Royal Australian Artillery took two men with two Lewis guns, 10,000 rounds of ammunition to go and stop the Bally emus. And they arrived on the 2nd of November. They also wanted to collect 100 emu skins for the feathers so they could make new hats for light horsemen. Oh, super. On the 2nd of November, they arrived in Campion to get... And they found 50 emus there. And they said, right, we'll kill those 50 emus just to sort of warm up. Uh, But the emus (laughs) split into small groups and ran away. Oh, and they went, oh, they missed all the emus. So on the 4th of November, <laughs> they set up an ambush. How do you miss uh, they... an emu? <laughs> I don't know. Especially with the machine gun. They, had, they found that they lured a thousand emus into an ambush. Uh, so they'd done that but all right. They lured wow. a thousand emus into an ambush and they said, this is it, we're going to get, get killed so many emus, it's going to be brilliant. Uh, and they opened fire and uh, after they'd killed 12, the gun jammed and then the emus split into smaller groups and ran away. So they went further <laughs> south where the birds were meant to be more tame. Uh, but by day four, they reported... Each pack seems to have its own leader now, a big black-plumed bird which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch um, while they carry out their work of destruction and he warns them of any approach. Uh, so they were outwitted by the birds who watched for them and every time they got close they squawked and the birds split into small groups and ran away. Um, so by the 8th of November, 
the Australian army was forced to concede... They had fired 2,500 rounds and had killed fewer than 50 birds. And so Meredith had to go back and concede defeat as the Australian army was beaten by the emus in the Great <laughs> Emu War of 1932. I there mean, fair dues, you know. Parkinson yeah. wasn't exactly... <laughs> he wasn't that chuffed Why did? Why did Rod Hull have his hand up an emu? Was he Australian? For money. Oh, I don't know. No, he, but he was, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was Australian. What? Maybe he was trying to get his own, but he was trying to prove that emus are actually a tricky customer. And you yeah. might think we were, you know, stupid to lose to emus, but actually you've got to have your wits about you with an mm. emu. He was one of those weird those you know when you know when you're a kid and you're you're sort of told this this is your entertainment this is what's mm. supposed to enchant you mm. and then as a child you're like oh this is terrifying and frightening I don't find this oh, entertaining I, know. I loved I loved Rod Hull, Rod Hull you yeah. loved Rod Hull yeah I did yeah I thought it was really funny but because oh. he had this puppet of a bird who would attack genitals and then the birds would bite people yeah but the thing is it breaks the entire thing because if you accept that it is a bird then it's not funny it's just a bird attacking people so in order for it to be funny you have to accept that it's not a bird it's a puppet it's a man with his hand up a thing and then it's not a ventriloquist acting anymore it's just a man with a hand punching people up his thing punching people and grabbing their willies yes it's like this man and he's got this bird (laughs) And it, like, bites people. It's really funny. No, he doesn't. It's just a man using his hand to squash people's faces and try and put them into chest freezers. The funniest thing was the way that he died, adjusting an aerial on his roof. Last words. Getting its own back. Last words. Emu bite something. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, No, don't you dare. Don't you... (laughs) Emu bite something. Uh, 2nd of November, 1959. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And a guy called Charles Van Doren needs to answer mm. some questions. Oh. Because previously he's answered mm. some questions and he's answered them extraordinarily well. Mm. What am I talking about? Was this about? concerning who's yeah. been eating who's whose Ray sandwiches Fines. in the company freezer, in the company fridge? No. Is it or Ray using Fines? the milk? I once did that with someone's uh, vegetarian sushi and it was a very bad day. <gasps> I thought I'd bought it, so I ate it. And then they were like, did you eat my sushi? I was like, oh, I thought I bought that this morning, but now I think about it. No, I didn't. It's the one I always buy. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen you having it. It looked lovely, so I got myself one. She was so angry. She was so angry. Understandably. And then at my living room, she... Anyway, so... Yeah, this guy, Charles Van Doren, right? Mm. Uh, He uh, admits to a congressional committee... Uh, that uh, despite having been quite the champion of a TV game show called 21, Mm. he had been given the questions and the answers in advance. Thereby unmasking uh, what had been something of a systemic thing. Uh, So there's tic-tac-doe. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's literally Mm. noughts and crosses, but you're trying to sort of block the other one off and win money. Tic-tac-doe should be played on dough and then cooked in the oven and then the winner has to eat the loaf. Tic-tac-doe. With the, with the loser baked in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a much better programme. Uh, well, 21 was this uh, It was this show where you had uh, two contestants in isolated booths trying to answer questions uh, and, the, and score 21 points. And uh, what had happened was there was there'd been a previous guy who had been purportedly winning this, but he'd been given all the answers too. Um, his name was Herb Stemple. And the trouble was uh, everyone was sort of fed up with him winning and the ratings were starting to flag. 
<coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so they got this guy, Charles Van Doren, and said, look, we, we'll give you a lot of money if you'll come on this and, and pretend you know some questions. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, sure, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, so he, he did. And they sort of engineered this massive showdown moment where Herb Stemple was about to earn, he was about to win $100,000. Uh, but could he get pipped to the post? Could he, could he get toppled by this, this, new, this new rookie guy, Charles Van Doren? And, and he was, and it was a simple question. And it was one, actually, ironically, that Herb Stemple actually knew the answer to, which was who'd won the best motion picture that year. But he had to give the wrong answer. And he testified. And, and he had evidence to prove it because he mailed himself the questions and all the answers by, like, registered post uh, ahead of the show um. going out. So uh, it all came out. And uh, it was a really big scandal. People were shocked. Imagine something mm. on television being a bit fake. Unbelievable. Uh, well, the produ- this is the film that Ray Fiennes made, It doesn't have to be it? real, does it? It's just good yeah. entertaining. Yes. yes, Ray Fiennes was in the film. Yeah. Um, the producers, mm. they did the first episode of 21 and neither contestant knew any of the answers and they drew 0-0. Zero, zero. And uh, the producer, Dan Enright, said uh, it lacked all drama, it lacked all suspense. And the next morning, the sponsor called my partner and me and told us in no uncertain terms that he never wanted to see a repeat of what happened the previous night. And from that moment on, we decided to rig 21. So mm-hmm. that's how it all Charles happened. Charles Van Doren went on to have a very successful career writing uh, philosophy mm-hmm. books. And the Encyclopedia Britannica. He was an editor of that for a while. Mm. That's a lot of work, isn't it? It's a lot of work there, but Mm. you don't have to now because it's all Wikipedia now, isn't it? Wikipedia. Encyclopedia Wikipedia. It's all Wikipedia. Go on then. Happy birthday to Katie Lang. She's the Canadian singer-songwriter who is a big fan of animal rights and human rights and just seems to be a pretty good egg all round. Well done, Katie Lang, and happy birthday to you. Uh, but do you like the tunes, do exist, But do you like the tunes? Do you like the tunes? I don't think I've heard them since the 90s. Them, they seemed fine. I can't get it. I can't get it. I can't. I can't do it. I wish I could. Great values. Well, nobody's asking you. Oh, all they? right. Oh, fine. Another one. All oh, right. Because no one wants the straight white men. I get it. I get it. The last oppressed minority. Should you be fantasising? James Thurber was the humorous and cartoonist who mainly worked for the New Yorker who only had one eye and even that one didn't really work because his brother shot him in the eye with an arrow when he was little. What, uh, the, what, the, the one eye he had left, his brother uh, shot him in it. No, he had Rewind. Two. No, he, two only, he had two before that. Two before that. He had and two, his and his brother shot him in one, so he had one eye. Yeah. yeah. Yes, oh. but then it progressively got down to no eyes during his life. Um, he died well, his brother played another game cards, with him. parties, which was quite the comment on the catering. Uh, and his last words were, God damn it! Which I <laughs> would like my last words to be. I'd like God my last words it. to be... Oh, before I forget... I think that'd be a nice. I'd like my last words to be, "Oh, I had a bag." I like my last words to be, "Thank you very much, Your Majesty." May I have another? I'd like my last words to be, "Oh, if it's not too much trouble, could you call an ambulance?" And if you, if it's not too much trouble for you, come back tomorrow when mm. we will be doing new facts, which we won't have heard many times before. Mm, and neither will you. 
possibly. Mm. And the winner is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Nat. Nat's the winner. Thanks. That's Nat's the, the winner. Roll emus. That's what it was. There you go. He's the winner. Brilliant. Emus. Rod holes. Imagine the luster tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>